Father in heaven, we thank you for our lovely lunch, and we thank you for bringing us back this afternoon. Be with us as we continue to look back in our past, and also as we discuss media in this presentation. We pray for your blessing in Christ's name. Amen. So welcome, everyone. This is part of our series, On the Shoulders of Giants. Some of you or here would have heard of Linear's Journey, which is a ministry we started about six years ago. Ashley was on, has been on the team since the very beginning. We did our first filming trip, and I'll tell you, like, what should I say? We did our first filming trip, and Clive, who's the videographer, says, I've got Ashley, I knew Ashley very well. I've got Ashley to come along to take pictures. And in my mind at the time, because I'm like, we had a really tight budget, and I'm thinking, it's an extra hotel room and everything. I'm thinking, what's the point of a photographer coming on our trip? Like, we're doing videos, we don't need a photographer. And but anyway, he came anyway. Just like, that was just my internal mind. He came on the trip, and well... He's been an integral part of the team since our website is all his pictures, our books are all his pictures, he does illustrations, our coloring books, all those illustrations and the coloring books are his original artwork, and he works in media, he told me not to say exactly what he works in media, but wherever he works in media, he's a big time, that's all I can say, and um, he's really good, and he's going to be sharing on the message in media, so Ashley, thank you, I'm handing over to you. Amen. You got that mic, yeah? Oh, yeah. Can you guys hear me okay? Yeah, okay. Um, thanks, Adam. I did not know that part of the story, actually, until today. Thank you for... It's like <laughs> um, internal. For internal. <laughs> internal um, um, but yeah, thank you. This, this presentation is going to be slightly different from the others in the series in that we really wanted to kind of focus on, obviously, like we said, lineage is a media ministry. And I wanted to kind of share some principles of media ministry, some biblical principles that I've kind of gleaned from working in the team for, for a while. Um, but also uh, just share some of the stories behind, like Adam was saying, how it came together. Um, has anyone seen, uh, just show of hands again, anyone who's seen Lineage episodes, uh, hands up still or keep them up. Have, have any of you seen the behind the scenes kind of episodes as well? I saw some hands go higher. <laughs> some of you enjoyed the behind the scenes side. It is kind of interesting to see how the team come together and how uh, we do that. So in terms of what we'll be covering today, uh, I just want to kind of divide it into four things. So uh, the what, why, how, and where, um, but firstly, uh, the what of media ministry. When we talk about ministry as a whole, we know the Great Commission, we know God's injunction to us to spread the gospel uh, to the whole world, um, but also, where does media fit into that and how does it fit into that? Um, secondly, lineage specifically is about the history of our faith, the history of our movement, um, Christianity as a whole, so knowing that history and why it is important um, how we got here, so the kind of story of, of that lineage ministry, and then finally, uh, pursuing excellence. Uh, so these are the things we're going we're gonna to look at. I'd love this to be kind of interactive as well, so I may throw out some questions. I'd love to get kind of responses from you guys as well, um, or maybe little discussions going, but um, let's get straight into it. So like we said, lineage now, we see kind of a lot of the time, mainly Adam on the videos kind of presenting to camera, but it is a team. It's, it's kind of a small team. There's not a lot of us that tend to go on these trips. It's usually the amount that you can kind of see there. Maybe a couple of uh, videographers, uh, myself, usually on photography or helping with some of the video. We have Anton, who's our amazing kind of sound guy, and, uh, and somebody usually catching the behind the scenes. And uh, as Adam said, Aiko, his wife, is usually there helping out with the sound or other things to... Um, this team's small enough that a lot of the time just getting around is Adam driving while simultaneously memorizing a script as well. Um, but within that, everyone's got these different roles. And uh, we, 
This is roughly what the team looks like now. Uh, some of the ones who won't be necessarily on the trips will be involved in other areas of the ministry. So that might be uh, involved in, say, the social media side or on the website writing some of the articles. And um, it kind of brings up, like I said, what, what is a media ministry? And uh, I remember reading a passage once. I was, doing, I was kind of doing that thing where you read through the Bible in, in a year, and sometimes, you know, you get to passages that people don't usually preach sermons around, so it's a passage that you might just gloss over, um, but something about it speaks to you. And I remember this is something that really spoke to me. Um, and if, you, if you've got a Bible with you, uh, feel free to turn there. It's from uh, the book of Exodus, chapter 35. And the context of this passage is... It's the time where God's giving Moses the instructions to make the sanctuary. And he asks all the people to come together and bring an offering for the sanctuary. And uh, the people kind of give what they have. They might have their gold. They might have their precious kind of materials. And that's kind of donated. Um, but then he asks for something specific around verse 35, which is uh, the skill, the craft of some of the people. And um, I'll read the actual passage. It says, uh, he has filled them with skill to do all kinds of work, as engravers, designers, embroiderers in blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, and fine linen, and weavers, all of them skilled workers and designers. And in the verses before this, he actually mentioned some of them by name. There's, there's a guy called Bezalel, who's an amazingly skilled carver. Um, there's a few others that he mentions by name. And um, he says something really specific, which is God, God has given them, the Spirit has given them the ability to do this work as designers, as carvers, etc. Um, the modern equivalent, I guess, might be media people, might be illustrators, might be graphic designers, might be photographers or videographers. Um, but you know what hit me about this passage, particularly about this, was I was thinking about that, and I was thinking, okay, God says it's his spirit that's enabled them to have this skill. But it also got me thinking, where did they actually learn their craft? Where did they learn their craft as designers or embroiders? Yeah, it's, it's interesting, right? Because what were they doing before they got to this point in the desert? They, they were in Egypt, right? They were slaves in Egypt, and they would have done the work that the Egyptians needed them to do. And if anyone's been to kind of a museum, oh, sorry. <laughs> if anyone's been to like a museum nowadays, I remember one of our lineage filming trips was to Egypt, and we were in Cairo, and I remember taking some of these carvings and things in the museum, and they're very skillfully made, considering these things are thousands of years old. Um, but it's interesting because it got me thinking that a lot of the skill that God is employing now would be things that they wouldn't have learned in a church context. These are things they probably learned in their worldly context, actually literally fashioning idols and statues for the Egyptians. And yet God was able to take it and actually put it into work for his service. And it reminded me of something that uh, kind of our, one of our founders, as well as Adam, is Clive, um, who does a lot of our videoing and our editing. Um, I've known Clive a little bit before Lineage started, and we both went through, I guess, a similar kind of conversion experience at the same time. Prior to really getting serious about God, we were doing what a lot of young people are doing, which is just going to university with a profession in mind. Uh, for me, it was uh, photography and graphic design. I just wanted to be a designer. I was shooting things like music videos and fashion shoots and things like that. Um, I know with Clive, he was studying because he had this idea of being someone who works in broadcasting. He had a job kind of lined up to work in Sky Sports, broadcasting the football and, um, and other kind of sporting things. And certain things in our lives happened, and both of us kind of at similar times decided we wanted to go into working full-time to God. But I remember Clive saying something when he shared his testimony once, which is, 
God, I'm not a preacher. <laughs> you know, I'm not a singer. Um, the only thing I have is a, is a degree in television. How am I supposed to work for you with a degree in television? And it's so funny because through other ministries that we got involved with, this is like early days of kind of YouTube just starting to be on the scene. We realized we could actually record some of these sermons and, and they'd go out quite far. And when Lineage came along, the reach of it is probably way more than it would have been if he was just a preacher. The same thing. And I think it's... It's a lesson to me that kind of at this very start of lineage is there's a lot of skills that we might have that we don't think of as church skills, right? We might think of them in other areas, creative kind of skills, even things like um, game design or 3D animation. Um, but the question is, and this is kind of a question I'd like you to think about here, um, is what creative skills have you learned in the world that you can consecrate to God's service? Thinking outside of the box, is there anything that you've picked up that might be something from a completely different kind of avenue that doesn't even scream church, but is there a way that that's needed in the church that's not being used at the moment? So we go on. Knowing your history. Now this was, I think this was like our tagline for a, for a little while, wasn't it? Every time we put out a lineage episode, we'd use the hashtag know your history. Um, and uh, it's interesting because it reminded me of uh, something else, uh, another story in the Bible. Um, again, one of these things that you're reading through and maybe a statement's made and you don't really think too much about it, but when you, when you actually analyze it in the context of the whole uh, biblical history, it actually says quite a lot. And the situation, the story that I remember reading through was, uh, do you guys know the story of Gideon? Uh, Gideon, before he goes out and does the famous thing with the 300 men and defeating the Midianites, he's, uh, he's sitting kind of in a field. And what's interesting is we think of Gideon as a brave man, right? Was he a brave man, though? <laughs> it's kind of the opposite. This is the amazing thing about the story is he's, he's literally hiding. And, um, and at this point where, where he's approached by the angel of the Lord, um, he's, he's called a brave man, um, and he's told, you're going to deliver uh, my people. You're going to deliver Israel. Um, and his response is what really strikes me. It says, the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor." And Gideon said to him, O oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, then why has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. And for me, this is really interesting because if you've read through some portions of the Bible, if you read through uh, Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers, when um, God is giving his law through Moses and Joshua later on, um, over and over again, he gives them warnings, right? He gives them messages. He says, listen, if you go down this wrong path, if you start worshiping idols, if you start getting too close with, uh, with the tribes that you're supposed to drive out, this is what's going to happen. Your, your enemies are going to come in. They're going to you know, take over. And, and you're going you're to be a subject people instead of ruling the area that I'm giving you to possess. So it's actually really clear in the scriptures you know, why they're in this situation. But it's funny because Gideon's in, you know, in his situation. He's like, this is a mystery to him. God, you know, if you're our God, why are we in this situation? It's, it's kind of like his history has been forgotten. And... Uh, you see this in a few other places in the Bible, not just that God's people are going through a hard time, but they're, they're unaware, they're oblivious to why this is happening. They're unaware of the promises. Uh, there's another section in, in the book of Nehemiah. In Nehemiah chapter 
um, a, one of my favorite sections is the people are doing this great reform. They're rebuilding the temple. And uh, they get to the stage. They've actually rebuilt the walls of the city, and they're ready to start worshiping God again. And they have this amazing service. And uh, it's, it's funny, we sometimes complain that church services run a bit long, right? They have a service that lasts from the very start of the day. I think it's like several hours. They're just reading through the Bible. Um, but their reaction is really funny. Um, it says, verse 8 and 9, so they read distinctly from the book in the law of God. And they gave the sense, and it helped them to understand the reading. And Nehemiah, who was the governor, Ezra the priest and the scribe and the Levites who taught the people, said to all the people, this day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. I have a question. What was making them weep? Why were they crying? Yeah, so they were crying because they just realized something they hadn't realized at this point. They'd been doing the work. But as they read through the kind of the scriptures, as they read through the verses, they suddenly realized, okay, we now get why we've been in this predicament. You know, we, we were happy about coming out of captivity, but we didn't really know why we'd gone into captivity. Now we're reading through these verses, and they get this conviction of, oh, this is why we're here. And they start crying, and it's, it's great afterwards, because Nehemiah says, you know what, don't, don't cry. I want you to celebrate. This is a day of celebration. Um, but the common theme that runs through both of these stories and other stories that we read in the Bible as well is people have kind of forgotten their history. And what's interesting is this is something that I see today quite a lot in church, is that people forget the history, the recent history of the church. Um, people have a really kind of disjointed view of some of our recent history, some of our beliefs. And, uh, and I remember having a couple of occasions while filming Lineage where the importance of that history really kind of came to mind for me. Um, there, has anyone seen the episode of Lineage that talks about uh, the Waldensians and the massacre at Castelluzzo? It's, it's a tough one because it's really tough subject matter, but it's one of the most beautiful kind of episodes that we filmed. It's on top of this mountain uh, in the Waldensi Valley. And, um, and if you haven't seen it, the kind of story behind this um, is, is amazing. This is uh, following the Waldensians there, the people of the valleys, and they are some, some of the few people that are keeping uh, close to what the Bible actually taught at a time when it was illegal to even own the Bibles as we were talking about this morning. So they were severely persecuted. They were handed into the mountains. And for a long time, they had to kind of hide. And there came a day, and please correct me if I'm wrong on this, Adam, but there came a day when I think it was the Duke of Savoy um, finally decided he was going to actually get rid of these people once and for all. And so he sent his soldiers, and they, they went out on this day um, and they hunted down the Waldenses in their hiding places, and they marched them to the top of this, this mountain, Castelluzzo, and they, they gave them the choice. They were like, you can either you know, re recant of your, your heretical views. Um, I think some of them were about the, uh, the mass that we talked about this morning and kind of adhere to you know, the orthodox teachings that we have, or we're going to throw you off the mountain. So they gave them that choice, and I remember... Uh, kind of thinking about this, uh, at the time we were filming this, um, because it was a hard filming trip, <laughs> we, uh, we didn't get much sleep the night before. I think we got like two hours sleep from the day's filming before, and we had to wake up before dawn. And then we were all kind of trudging up the mountain in the dark, and we had to do like a three-hour hike to the top of the mountain to get there in time for the sunset. And the whole time we were kind of annoyed and we were grumbling. And then we start filming, and then Adam's doing the dialogue, and then we realize you know, this is where God's people were forced to march, do the same march we're complaining about, 
But at the top of the hill, they, they chose to kind of lose their lives and come off the top of the hill. And just it hit me just then, knowing that history is so important. Because the things we complain about, the, the little inconveniences of church life compared to what people were willing to kind of go through and give up, um, it was so powerful. Now, that history is a history that most of us never know. Most of us kind of don't hear. Um, similarly, in season two of Lineage, uh, we were shooting a lot of the kind of Adventist pioneers. And it's interesting because you see a lot of these pictures sometimes, don't you? And, and it kind of gives you an impression of what the pioneers were like. All of them have you know, beards down to their ankles and you know, they look very somber because you couldn't smile in photos back in the 1800s. You had to kind of have a, have a very straight, <laughs> kind of stolid kind of face. Um, but it's interesting because when we went to film some of these episodes, I remember being in uh, the actual bedroom where Ellen White received the visions for the great controversy and we're filming an episode there. And you realize that a lot of the time where these amazing things were happening in their lives, they were young people. I used to say they were our age. They were younger than me now. Um, but you're talking about teenagers. You're talking about you know, 17, 18, 19-year-olds, sometimes early 20-year-olds, doing these amazing things, sacrificing so much for God. And it feels so disjointed because as a young person today, you see a face with a really long beard and a serious expression, and you think, you know, that's so far removed from who I am. But when you hear about the history, when you share some of the history, you realize, actually, this is exactly where we are today. And so this is... This is something, this is one reason when uh, I was invited on that first filming trip, I really kind of wanted to get involved in this because the more I've seen more doing this ministry, the more we realize knowing that history, a way of bringing that history to life is so important. And uh, I'd love, I, I would kind of put the last one out just as a question to think about, but I'd actually like us to have a little discussion if that's all right. I know this is not like the typical Sabbath school format, but I'd like us to kind of break out. Just take a couple of minutes with the people around us. And I'd like you to just have a short discussion on how you actually bring this history to life. Some of the stuff we, we kind of talk about in it within Lineage um, and other ministries, how do you actually make it relevant to people in your church, to people, kind of young people today? Uh, is there a way we can actually bring some of these stories to life and make them relevant to our young people? So I want to give you just a couple of minutes. Just I'd love you to talk to the two or three people around you. Um, and, uh, and if anyone comes up with anything they want to share, I'd love to hear that as well. But yeah, we'll, we'll break out for a couple of minutes. How are we doing, guys? Anyone got any amazing suggestions that feel comfortable to share? So one of the things I enjoy is uh, living history. If you have a chance to go to one of these historical sites, whether it be a Waldensian Valley or you know, one of our early Adventist locations, yeah. it's a lot more fun and a lot more relatable to actually see it. Yeah. The other way we were discussing is just how we can, uh, through media like that film, tell the world, yeah. you know, how it brings those historical figures to life. As you're saying, it's hard to relate to a black and white photograph taken in 1980 because yeah. they're, well, very somber expressions or expressionless. Yeah. But from the depictions or from the descriptions we have of these people, they were actually enjoyable people to be around. Yeah. That you don't get from a photo, but something yeah. you do get from something like Tell the World. Yeah. I love that. Has anyone kind of experienced that in like portrayals of Jesus in, in film as well? Like there, there are some where it's just like one of those Renaissance paintings come to life. You're like, I would not want to hang out with that guy. Um, but then when you do see a portrayal of Jesus where he's actually joyful and smiling, you're like, okay, I get it now. But yeah, I think that's really powerful. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, we can't say too much, but watch this space. That's exclusive. Yeah. Yeah. 
And we'll, we'll touch on that actually in, in the last kind of bit of this presentation when we talk about kind of excelling is, is new technology. You know, a lot of the time, I, I think for good reason, we're kind of cautious about just embracing anything new. But um, we'll talk about like, when we're talking about media ministries, like being kind of early on to things that are kind of new and, and not kind of too overdone uh, can be really powerful because people who are really looking at that new technology, things like uh, VR and, you know, and other things uh, can, can be really kind of just entranced by the technology at first and then they actually start absorbing the message that you're giving a bit more. Um, yeah, go ahead. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, okay, so kind of tied into that, how we got here and talking specifically about Lineage. So I'd have mentioned a little bit about, um, about this journey, the journey of, of Lineage as such. And um, it's, it's really interesting how it started. Um, so this was something that Adam and, and Clive, our editor that I mentioned before, um, were doing uh, for a little while as Adam was uh, the youth director of the North England Conference. Um, and so they were doing daily devotional videos and these were like short five minute videos uh, put up on Facebook, I think, every week. And um, it, it was interesting because it was coming up to 2017, which, is, which was the big anniversary, the start of the Reformation. If you remember Martin Luther, um, put up his 95 thesis on the Wittenberg Cathedral. And everyone was thinking, what do we do for that? And the idea was, well, we could do one of those style devotions, but with the kind of history. And then kind of tied into that, we're really lucky in London. There's a lot of history around London. One of the things we have is the British Museum. And uh, Clive had been passionate for a long time of doing a documentary around some of the artifacts in there. And there was the thought of kind of building something out of this. But it was kind of vague. They didn't know for sure. But the more we thought about it, we thought, like Adam said, you've got uh, kind of things just on our doorsteps, literally. You had John Wycliffe's church and uh, where he was on, on our doorstep. And there was like, there's so many relevant places that we actually could do something on. Maybe, maybe it's a big documentary. Or then started thinking about the format. The format, because, you know, if we're trying to share this with, at the time it was the youth in the North England Conference, generally speaking, obviously there's exceptions, but generally speaking, uh, just putting out something in a book might not be as engaging, even something that's in a slightly longer documentary. A few people might watch it and then it'll be forgotten. Um, but the idea of doing something in the same format that these weekly devotionals were coming out in really appealed. So the idea of actually doing maybe five minutes on each reformer and then releasing them every week. Um, and so that, that was the initial concept. And, uh, and so Adam and Clive had this idea. Um, and there was a couple of other of us, Anton, who's our sound guy, and myself, um, that were called and were like, this is the project we're thinking of. Do you want to come to Scotland and take a few photos? Um, so Adam said he was dubious about me. I was a bit dubious about this project. I was like, I don't know if I had to. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> At the time we started, everyone was volunteer. That's true. <laughs> no, there was no money. There was no exchange of anything. And, and in fact, when we started Lineage, Clive is the one who approached me and said, I've got this idea, I want to make videos. All I had ever seen Clive do before this was edit sermons. Yeah. I had no idea he had these skills. He was a sermon editor for me at camp meeting. So I was like, sure. I didn't see any of the edits. And when the first episode launched, I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> I guess he could do a bit more than edit sermons. But Clive was happy to edit sermons for like three years before that. And wasn't like, he was just happy at serving the Lord, mm. sitting on this talent that was kind of untapped. But then when the team, I told Clive at the beginning, I says, Clive, I've got no money. I can't pay you anything. Because church budgets are <laughs> church budgets. And he said, it's okay. 
I'll do it for free. I don't need any money. Mm. And so he did it for free. And these guys, when they came, like, like, they came and took holiday to come on the trips. We had no money to pay them, no money to reimburse them. We, 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 we paid for the accommodation, and we paid for their food. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And that was it. Was good and that was it. And so all the team that joined in that first year were people, no one applied and joined for monetary reasons. They all joined because they believed the mission. Amen. And they were willing to just do the mission for free. And that was like for the first three, four yeah. years of lineage was yeah. just... Although to be money. fair, so this is the thing. We went on this first trip and I thought it was a one-off trip. So I was like, I'll do you this favor, Clive. And like five years later, I'm like, well, this is my life now. Um, <laughs> still doing us favors. Still, yeah. It's a, it's a long favor. Um, but something hit me about that approach, though. The, the approach of saying, yeah, we want it to be kind of punchy. We want it to be not like just an edited sermon, but we want it to almost have this Hollywood feel. And it's so funny because that's the thing that a lot of people, um, I remember being at the booth like a couple of days ago and, and someone was saying, you know, my one thing I'd say about lineage is it's, and I think they were trying to say it's, it's too Hollywood, <laughs> but they didn't want to say it in those terms, but it's like, it's got that vibe. But I, I was saying to him, I, I think that's what we were going for. Because the thing about lineage is we want it to be something that appeals to people that haven't just grown up within the church. We want it to be something that actually has that thing that will grab someone's attention who's just scrolling through their feed and they suddenly see this big impactful drone shot kind of video. And um, I remember this was kind of borne out because I do, uh, lineage takes a lot of time. So sometimes I'm at my other job, I'm working, I'm on my lunch break and I'm just editing photos. And uh, I remember like editing one of the videos uh, one of the photos from one of the trips and a friend at work comes over to me and he's not the typical church guy I think he had piercings in every part of his face and tattoos all over and heavy metal t-shirt but he was so interested in the in the photos he's like those are amazing photos I'm into photography what's this for and we were able to get into the whole thing of lineage and he was super interested in the project itself but the thing that drew was was the media the quality of the media and um and it's something that uh, that we were very consciously doing. And it reminded me, again, I'll give you another text. But this is a text that the Apostle Paul says. And um, he says it in Corinthians, but it kind of mirrors his experience as he travels around the world preaching the gospel. If you remember in Acts 17, he goes to uh, Athens. He's among the philosophers in Athens. And he's like, I want to give you the gospel, but I want to give it to you almost in a way that you'll understand it. I want to actually bring in some of the philosophers and some of the, um, even the shrines in your city and actually make this relevant to you, make this actually make sense to you. And um, he says this, um, to those not having the law, I became like one not having the law, uh, though I'm not free from God's law, but I am the Christ's law. So as to win those not having the law, to the weak I became weak to win the weak. I've become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might save some. I think this is something to really take on board in media ministry. Sometimes we're very cautious about the way we put out media. There's, a, there's many times, I'll be honest, where I see really, you know, uh, really well-funded kind of church productions, but we, we like to play it safe. We like to be sitting in a room with some chairs having a, having a quiet discussion, and, and that does work, but I'm thinking... Is there more that we could be doing to actually speak the language of people who are watching that aren't already in a church context? Now, again, from a lineage point of view, that comes down to everything from the way we film to the way we market, kind of feeling having that blockbuster Hollywood kind of trailer appeal. 
um, even down to the apps and the website. But it also does ask the question, this is one that, again, another little discussion I want to put out with you. What's the balance, though? Because Paul balances his statement, if you remember. You know, he says, I've become all things to all men, you know, to those without the law as without the law, but not without God's law. You know? And this is something I think about quite a lot. When I'm designing, there's, there's choices I won't make because I think that actually departs too much from the scripture. And then there's choices I will make because I'm like, that's not a typical church thing but that's not violating God's love. It's actually going to appeal to people. And I, I'd love to just maybe get your thoughts and maybe get you having this discussion. When do we, what is crossing that line to become, you know, something that is more of the world and of God? How do you know? And I, I don't have the answer. I just like to get this discussion going. So how do you find that balance as a creative? How do you balance to make that appeal where someone who is not already church will, will understand, will take that in? And then how do you know when to not cross that line where it goes away from uh, being a method that God can use. So, a few minutes, maybe same groups. Uh, I'd love to hear your discussions and any thoughts you want to share. Um, but let's go again. Hey, everyone, how are we doing? I had some great points. Does anyone feel comfortable to share any, any thoughts on this? Feel the group I was with, you have to share. <laughs> anyone had any thoughts on this they wanted to share? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting balance. I don't know if like anyone else had thoughts on that, but it is especially there's one thing we've come to is is like the influence of other creators. Uh, talking about how you actually improve as a creator, a lot of that is is taking in. You know, we we live in the age of YouTube University <laughs> now, so it's it's weird. It used to be I can do this, I don't do that. That's that's you know outside of my expertise. Whereas most young creators I talk to now, whether they're videographers or photographers, if you pose a challenge that they haven't done it before, they're like, yeah, I, I can do that. I'll figure it out. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll find a video to do it. So you are always, you know, taking in that influence. But it is also like balancing that with, uh, like if I understand the point correctly, that you're actually kind of sharing as well and making sure that you're actually, yeah. Being grounded myself. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I think for me a big part of that is, is like you said, is the grounding, is is knowing the why behind what you do. It's it's kind of a point that I was just discussing with with uh, this group over there, which is how do you measure success in media ministry? And it's tempting to fall into the same trap of any other media of like we measure it in subscribers, we measure measure it in donations, we measure it in likes, and. Um, and that's not really why you're doing it, as if it's media ministry, as that might be a measure that helps in some way. But for me, it actually, it takes you back to the Great Commission. If you think of the Great Commission, if someone asks, what's the purpose of the church? Why does the church exist? It's easy to just say, you know, to get people baptized, you know, to add to the numbers in the congregation. But that's not what the Great Commission is, is it? The Great Commission is make disciples. The, the baptisms are the means to that. And it's sort of like the same approach, I think, with media ministry is the grounding is, you know, is this actually making disciples or is this just getting more views? And I think that ties into how you create your content, because when we're actually making episodes of Lineage, one thing that you find is the appeal is a really central part of the episode. It's not just we're trying to get views by this being a nice visually appealing thing. We want people to get to the end of a Lineage episode and ask them the question that the presenter's kind of asking them. And I think that is 
that's maybe for me where the balance kind of lies is, is coming back to the why of why you are creating this content in the first place. Yeah. And I think especially if you look at today's media where a lot of creators, it's, it's like another job. <laughs> you know, it's like a full-time job because you're having to get content out every single week. And that, if you lose sight of the why, that can be really draining to actually create like that anyway. Um, hopefully that helps. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. If it's not a calling, it's a lot to kind of take on. Yeah. Thanks. All right, we're going to have one more section. And then I think we should have some time for maybe 10 minutes. We'll do some Q&A as well. So if you have any questions uh, for myself or Adam, then please uh, have them ready. But the last thing that I want to talk about is this. And this kind of touches on what we just mentioned, which is this idea of pursuing excellence. Um, another biblical account, um, Daniel and his friends, seems appropriate for, for this conference. Um, but thinking about in chapter one of Daniel, Again, this, this kind of goes back to that first point about where they learnt the things that they learnt. You know, Daniel, again, just like those, those craftsmen in, in Moses' story, they had this knowledge, they had this learning that they actually learned in Babylon. But it was the Spirit of God that actually brought that learning to life and they were able to turn that education to something spiritual that benefited so many people. Um, what I find really interesting is something Nebuchadnezzar says at the end of the story. We're, we're used to this verse. We read this verse a lot. But think about this. It says, then the king interviewed them. This is after their three years of study. It's like a final exam in university. And he said, and among them all, none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore, they served before the king. And this is the point. It says, and in all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, he found them 10 times better than all the magicians and astrologers who were in his realm. And something jumps out about that to me is that they were 10 times better than the magicians and astrologers. Who were their teachers? <laughs> these same magicians and astrologers. So they, they were excelling by quite a lot their teachers in these subjects that they'd been learning for three years, which is amazing. Um, the reason I mention it in connection with media ministry is that I really feel a burden. This is something that we said at the very start of Lineage. I think when me and Clive were having the discussion in the car on the way back from that first trip to Scotland when we decided this should be more than just one trip, this should be a whole series, is, uh, you know, we'd, we'd gone, we'd actually filmed some amazing shots. The first location we shot was in Scotland in Iona, the little island, and it was an amazing trip. The sun was setting and the shots were just beautiful. And as we were talking, we were like geeking out over like the equipment, the lenses and what we had been able to capture. Um, but then we were also saying, something Clive said was that he doesn't want this to be less than the world is putting out. He wants it to be greater than. And in terms of, he's talking about the quality of the content. Because I don't know about you, I find in so many creative areas, um, probably GYC is a bad example because they don't do this, but in a lot of creative areas, especially I find in local churches, there's almost this settling of, oh, it's only a church thing. We don't need to make it too special. Right? Has anyone experienced that before? Anyone seen that before? And it runs from everything from like the AV presentation to, to like the flyer or whatever it is for the campaign. Um, but I love that in, in Daniel's story and Joseph's story, so many of these people were like, okay, I'm, I'm representing God here. So my standard should be higher than the world, not lower than it. And um, I remember this is sort of slightly unconnected to lineage, but as Adam said, uh, one thing I do is, is illustration. And I remember trying to get a Bible study together. And you know, you sometimes do a Google search for images for your Bible study. And I, I think it was a prophecy study. And, and I was looking for prophecy images for Daniel 7. 
And um, it, I don't know if anyone can relate. When you do a Google search with those prophecy images, and you get some really weird stuff, <laughs> some terrible Photoshop job or <laughs> whatever it is, um, where people are just sticking random animals' heads to, to a beast. And I'm like, I can't share this with people who haven't read the Bible before because they are not going to take me seriously if I start talking about a beast and put this on the screen. And for me, that was the impetus. I started working on the study guide, but I really went to work on the illustrations and make them just as visually appealing as they could be so they worked as pieces of art in their own right. And I think that point was, you know, if the message is serious, the media supporting the message has to be just as serious. It has to have as much time put in. Amen. <laughs> um, and again, when we come to what we were trying to do with Lineage, it's a similar thing. You know, we, we, like Adam said, we didn't have an unlimited budget. We had a small budget. But what we were using, we wanted to get the most out of. And it's really interesting. I, I think he's done a few presentations here at GYC before, but one of our team members, Jasper, um, uh, who's joined us from the Philippines, is, uh, you know, his story of how he joined us is amazing because he, he saw our projects and, and went to get involved. Um, but at the time when he joined us, he didn't have a lot of equipment. He, I remember he um, shot some footage of some of the islands around the Philippines on just a very basic GoPro, but it was edited, it was done in such a, good way that he actually got a job. I think one of the uh, main kind of airlines from the Philippines just hired him off the basis of this one video he shot on a GoPro. And the reason that was possible was because the outcome was excellent. It doesn't matter what the equipment was like, but a lot of study, a lot of that YouTube university stuff was done to make sure that this is going to be as high quality as something that I see on the TV. And I think this is something that really kind of want to instill in us, if anyone is doing anything creative for ministry, is definitely never having that thing of settling because it's only going to be seen in church. If this isn't rivaling the, you know, in our minds, if our goal isn't to rival the TV studios or the movie studios with our content that we're putting out, then I think we're kind of doing a disservice to God in not really trying to reach that level that Daniel was reaching, you know, being 10 times better than his teachers. And um, last kind of thought or discussion point, uh, just before we wrap up with our Q&A, uh, is just thinking, how can we level up and pursue excellence in media ministry? And I think one thing is something that we brought up earlier, embracing things like new technologies as well. Um, and another thing as well is even technologies we're used to, if, if you're a photographer, if you're always taking photos of church programs, are we settling with what we've always done? Or are we constantly kind of going back and trying to learn, okay, I've got this equipment, how do I get the most out of it? Is there something, you know, I can do a few things in Photoshop here, but are there things I've never touched on that I could be learning and leveling up as if I was trying to, you know, strive for that promotion at work? Am I doing the same thing with the media ministry as well? Um, so yeah, maybe just a mindset shift. It definitely was for me of just thinking, you know, let's not settle. Let's actually push this as, as high as it's possible to go because we're dedicating this to God. Amen. I think, yeah, we've got time. So we'll, we'll have a quick Q&A. So did anyone have any questions, either for myself or Adam, about uh, the, the kind of media side or anything to do with, uh, with lineage and how it started? Yeah. Well, I've got a comment. Uh, yeah, well, it's interesting about that, because, again, that, that's kind of one of those stylistic decisions. But the interesting thing about it is that usually will be in the introduction of an episode. When the music first comes in, it's sort of in time with the music, which can be fast-paced. But those same shots that might be a struggle to see at the start, all of those, I think, are used throughout the episode later. So you will see those same locations. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that first intro is, 
There's a lot. <laughs> yeah, Good observation. The reason yeah. for that from the, the designer side is that Lineage is not, when it launched, was never launched to kind of be a TV production in terms of like mm. a, a movie. That's a different style. You have much slower starts and you have the credits rolling and things like that. It was started primarily as a social media platform. And on social media, you just have a few seconds to grab someone's attention as they're scrolling. So the reason for that quick stuff at the start is for that. But we would like to do longer stuff. We would like to do a few longer, 20 minutes and an hour and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Any other questions? That's a good question. I mean, I don't, I, I'm not quite sure. It's quite new, isn't it? I think... Talk about the translations. <laughs> we're hoping to do some AI with lineage, to be honest. Um, if you come to me afterwards, I can show you. Maybe I'll show them on the screen. I can speak about 20 languages with AI. It's amazing. Amen. <laughs> like, it's fantastic what I can do. Like, so we, we did it last month. We translated, like, a paragraph. And I was in Hindi. I was in Mandarin. I was in Tamil. I was in Ukrainian, I I Spanish. Have you got it on your computer? Yeah, let me see if um, I can bring it up. Please. It lip syncs. So we're planning. It's our, it's our goal in the next year to translate lineage into 20 languages every episode. And it's about $30 an episode per language for us to do. So we're looking at doing some fundraising. So about $6,000 per language for all 200 episodes. And yeah, so, yeah. See. I shouldn't be doing this at GYC, but if you want to. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's what we're looking at doing. So I think there's, there's, there's dangers to that. It's, it's kind of scary to see how you can take someone's voice and make them say another language. But I think there's definitely benefits to it. We can... We can translate it. For example, if we translate all of lineage or all of whoever sermons into Arabic, there's a whole sector of the world that speak Arabic in the 1040 window that within about three hours of work, we can create all our content viewable to them. So I think there's great opportunities for it yeah. that as dangerous as some of the technology is, there's good opportunities that we should embrace and use yeah. as well. The downside is every time Adam travels to another country, people They'll think I speak the language. language. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, I'd love to share, but the internet's too slow. Yeah, pop, pop, we'll try to. So we are partnering. The, the, the current series on Great Controversy, we're partnering with Streams Alight. Yeah. So as each episode goes out, then the QR code. So I think the first 24 in, the, in, their, in their book go to our videos now, and as it goes on, by the end of it, they'll all go to it. Plan would be is that if we do the whole series in Spanish, then we create a Spanish YouTube channel. We do the whole series in Portuguese. We'll create a Portuguese YouTube channel. It'll all be AI'd, um, a French channel. So then if you, if you had a different book in the language, it would, QR codes could go to those. Mm. Yeah. 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 Oh, sorry. We've, sorry, I'll, I'll come to you first. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, praise God. Now, we, um, I think it's one of the most kind of encouraging things is literally hearing how lineage is being used. Um, and there's, there's some of the stories are really surprising. I remember hearing like um, school children that are saying it's used to teach history. And I remember even the first series of Lineage, there was you know, one school that was a Catholic school, but they were still using Lineage to teach history, which was surprising to me. But, um, but it's, it's that impact of knowing, yeah, that when you know your, where you come from, you know where you're going. Yeah, uh, yeah sorry, go ahead. A good question. With our series we did on series three on the Bible, which was Patriarchs and Prophets, we kind of pulled largely from the Conflict of the Age series for those episodes. So depending on the content, depends yeah. how much we use that as our, yeah. as our source here. Yeah. yeah, and the current most recently released series is... Is, is the book Great Controversy, which is going chapter by chapter through yeah. Great Controversy on the current yeah. one. Yeah, but also I think worth mentioning, like the season two, 
talking about Adventist history, I think that's, that's, for a lot of people, that's kind of the missing link because they know the books, but they don't necessarily know the stories behind, you know, Ellen White and the contemporaries that were writing the books. So I think actually studying one of those books and actually seeing what they were going through at the time, what the great disappointment was actually like for them, it really does inform a lot more kind of uh, spirit prophecy as well. Thank you, guys. Thank you for coming. Thank you, Ashley, for sharing. Have a word of prayer and then... Uh, sure, yeah, go ahead and pray. Sure. Okay, yeah. let's, uh, let's just wrap with a word of prayer. Um, Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for um, just being with us through this whole um, experience here at GYC, Lord. We pray that what we've discussed today and the, the upcoming messages as well uh, will just help us to, to remember what our lineage is, what our history has been, Lord, um, how you've led us in our past history, Lord, and, and help that to give us faith uh, for how you will lead us in the future. Be with everyone here, everyone that's uh, catching up or listening later, Lord, um, and just be with us as, uh, as we grow closer to you. This is our prayer in your name. This message was recorded in partnership with Audio Burst and GYC Conference, but if not, in Portland, Oregon. GYC is a supportive ministry of the Seventh-day Adventist Church and seeks to challenge and inspire young people to take sacrificial initiative for Christ and to see Jesus finish the work in this generation. For other resources like this, visit us online at gycweb.org.